Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the main themes in our readings this morning is hope, hope of salvation, hope which comes with the return of Christ Jesus our Lord, and our epistle is no exception to that. St. Paul begins saying, Brethren, whatever things were written before were written for our instruction, that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. These things written before, which Paul is talking about, is the Old Testament. And for us today as Christians, there is much value that we can find in them, for they were written for our learning that we might have hope. And sometimes we can ignore these wonderful writings because we might think of them as being distant and not helpful to us, but Paul encourages us here to read them, mark them, study them and inwardly digest them for it is God's desire that we do so and through them he might fill us with hope now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers when Paul says the circumcision he is referring to the Jewish people just as at other places he refers to the Gentiles as the uncircumcision. And so we see that when our Lord Jesus first came into the world, he did so in service to the Jewish people for the truth of God and to confirm the promises made to the fathers. The fathers there are the patriarchs, those original fathers of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as well as all those who followed after them that carried these promises which God had made and passed them down to the next generation. Now when Paul says that Jesus has confirmed the promises, he does not mean that Jesus came to them as a divine messenger saying, don't worry, God will keep his promises, but rather he came to fulfill them, to confirm the promises by making good on them. Jesus said to the Pharisees in John chapter 5, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. They testify of him because he is their fulfillment. And St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, All the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. All of God's promises find their answer and fulfillment in Jesus. God said to Abraham, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is fulfilled in Jesus, the promised descendant of Abraham, through whom the world is blessed, for he came to take away the sins of the world. In the epistle to the Hebrews, our Lord Jesus is said to have been quoting the Psalms saying, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I come, 
in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Yes, all that Christ Jesus would do from his conception and birth of the Virgin Mary to his flight to Egypt as an infant, to his ministry, to his sacrificial death, to his resurrection on the third day, to his eternal kingdom are all prophesied in the Old Testament. And all that was prophesied of him he has fulfilled. And this not only confirms the promises to the fathers, but it demonstrates the truth of God. The Jewish people had waited and hoped for the coming of the Messiah, for the coming of the prophet like Moses, for the coming of the king, for the great high priest of the order of Melchizedek. The first of these promises were made to Adam and Eve, the father and mother of us all. Then more promises were made to Abraham thousands of years before the birth of Jesus. For a very long time, Israel had been waiting for the Messiah. For a long time, they put their trust in God and their hope in his promises. By fulfilling these promises, God has showed that their hope was not mistaken, that their waiting was not in vain. He has fulfilled all that he promised. Unfortunately, not all believed, and many rejected him. Yet this too was prophesied, saying, In that day the Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory, a diadem of beauty for the remnant of his people. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be a deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. But not all rejected him. Many still saw him as the Messiah and found their hope that was not mistaken. And they found that God was true and faithful. In him they found their hopes realized and found their salvation. Just as even today there are Jews that come to faith in Christ as the promised Messiah. But the promises of the Old Testament do not only concern the people of Israel. There are many promises which God made concerning the Messiah that spoke of the Gentiles and how they too would join with Israel to worship the Lord and find their salvation in him. Paul writes in our epistle, Now I say that Christ Jesus has become a servant of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this reason I will confess you among the Gentiles, and sing to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. These promises find their fulfillment in Christ as well. For Christ did not only come for the Jewish people, but for all nations. He came so that the Gentiles and the people of Israel might be joined together in one people in him. As Jesus said, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. And Paul writes, for he himself is our peace, who has made both Jew and Gentile one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinance, 
so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, he has made peace with God for all who believe. He has conquered death and sin, which holds all people in bondage, and it is received by faith in him. And those who receive him then are set free from death and brought to life everlasting. Through his resurrection, he has opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers, be they Jew or Gentile, male or female, rich or poor, whether they grew up in the Christian household or whether they came to faith on their deathbed. For it is not by our works that we enter heaven, but if that was the case, none could do so. Rather, it is by his grace received by faith, received by those who trust in him. Trust in him because he is trustworthy because he has fulfilled the promises he made to the fathers, because he made all who believe in him one by making them members of his body. Thus, we ought to turn to the scriptures that the God of hope might fill us with all joy and peace in believing that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. For God gives us this hope by the Holy Spirit working through the patience and comfort of the scriptures. This patience he supplies us in the midst of trials and difficulties in this life. Like Israel before us, we too are waiting for the Lord Jesus to come again. We are waiting for his salvation to come to us fully. We are waiting in the midst of many dangers, trials, and persecutions. Throughout the scriptures, we see how God's people have waited on the Lord, and those who hoped in him were not put to shame but have their trust vindicated. We live now in the midst of much evil, but we find that God promises to save all who trust in him, even though the whole world may very well seem against them. It says in the Psalms, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. And in Lamentations, the book that the prophet Jeremiah wrote after seeing the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians and the horrors that accompanied it, says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. For the Lord will not cast off forever. Though he causes grief, yet he will show compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. These are great promises of God, through which he works in us patience and steadfast faith in him, that we might see and know that God will never forsake his people, and that he remembers them in his compassion and mercy. So too, through the scriptures, we are built up with patience towards one another. For in the church, we are not all perfect saints, far from it. Though we have been forgiven by God for Christ's sake, we still live in a fallen world and have fallen flesh. We still daily need the forgiveness of God, and as such, we are all at different places in our lives as the people of God. Some are stronger than others in some ways, but weaker than others in other ways. 
In the three verses prior to our epistle reading, Paul began saying, We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but it is written, The reproaches of the reproached have fallen on me. This is why Paul then says, Now may the God of all patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ has received us to the glory of God. Thus we are to be patient with one another, to bear with one another, to pray for one another, and to receive one another in brotherly love and affection. For we all have our own weaknesses. The church on earth, after all, is not a club for the perfect, but it is a hospital for sinners. Through the scriptures we see and know that we all alike are sinners, but that Christ did not cast us off, but came to save us. He did not reject us, but received us, so that we might be justified through faith in him and have everlasting life. Since Christ has died for us all, and since he has received us all, so we should receive one another. There is no room in the church to look down on one another, for we have all been received by Christ as sinners. We have all been justified by his grace through faith, and we would all not be able to stand before God on our own. We all only have peace with God through what our Lord has done for us. We are all commonly saved in the same way, so let us bear with one another. One person's weakness might not be our own, but if it was, we would want to be treated with gentleness and respect. So we ought to treat others and bear with them, pray for them, and help them to carry their burden, not just once or twice, but many times. That is why we ask that God would give us patience, that bearing one another up and being gracious and gentle to one another, we may with one voice glorify him as his redeemed people, as one people in Christ. Through the scriptures, we also find comfort, the comfort of God's love towards us, the comfort of knowing that he has had our salvation in mind even before he created the world, the comfort of knowing that our salvation does not depend on our own righteousness, but on the righteousness of Christ, the comfort that comes from knowing God's patience and faithfulness. For the Old Testament, we see time and time again how Israel forsook God, sinned against him, rebelled against him, committed idolatry, and neglected the covenant. Yet God constantly had mercy on his people. He called them again and again to repentance. He did not forsake the covenant, but he kept it. He kept his promises even though Israel was often faithless. So we find comfort that though we are not perfect, even though we fall again and again, God continues to call us to repentance, continues to forgive us our sins when we turn to him in repentant faith. He continues to be faithful to us, even when we are at times faithless. This is a source of comfort and drives us to trust in him all the more, to seek him all the more with renewed hearts, to serve him through love and care of our neighbor as he bids us, not to earn anything, 
but because he has done everything for us already. And he continues to do so, even when we fall. For so great is his love towards us. This patience and comfort leads to hope. Hope in our coming salvation. Hope that when our Lord returns to judge the earth, he will come to rescue us from death. That he will raise us from the dead, that we might live with him forever. That all evil, sin, sickness, and death that plagues us now would be destroyed and put away forever. As our opening hymn says, to put an end to evil and diadem the right. In him we hope, in him we have the hope of resurrection, that just as he was raised on the third day from the dead, we too who trust in him will be raised to everlasting life. For in baptism we have been united to his death, so that just as he was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. In holy communion we receive with the bread and wine his glorified body and blood, which lives forever, so that we who have partaken of his body and blood might be strengthened by the same and glorified in the resurrection, so that our bodies shall be changed to be like his glorious body. Yes, such hope we have that when we see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and glory, we know our redemption is drawing near. We have hope that he will say to us and all the faithful who make up his church, which is his bride, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, and the rain is over and gone. Yes, we hope for the time when the winter of sin and death is past, and the reign of darkness is over. We hope for this with a certain hope, for he is faithful. On that day we will rejoice and praise and laud him forever and ever in the new creation, in a life and world without end. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the merits and mediation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. Amen. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen. Amen.